0: Hey, 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 it is Coach Jay Hunt, and we are here with the Elite Path Podcast. The Elite Pod, the Elite Path Podcast is basically where we get into the facts of the health and fitness industry. See if you haven't noticed something, the health and fitness industry has grown tremendously. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. It has been growing over the last 30-40 years. But unfortunately, what also has been growing is people's waistlines. Obesity is also on the rise. Uh, Mental health issues are on the rise. Anxiety and depression and taking meds to to cope with these issues are also on the rise. Now, one would think if the health and fitness is on the rise, why isn't these things declining? Because the health and fitness industry ain't giving facts even more so. The health and fitness industry is just dealing with symptoms and not getting to the root cause of why we have some of the problems that we have. And the elite path is basically for those that want to walk a path that not too many people are going to walk to be able to make health and fitness a lifestyle, a true lifestyle, not just a goal for their birthday not just a seasonal goal for the summer, right, but a lifestyle. Like, doesn't matter if it's 10 inches of snow outside or 100 degrees, or if you're going on a vacation, or whatever's going on, you're still focused on improving your health, you're still focused on improving and optimizing your body. It doesn't stop. Because these things, for someone on the Leap Path, this is an act of self-love and care. Now, today, I want to talk to you guys about something that's going to be really controversial. People ain't going to want to hear it. They're probably going to look at the title and be like, nah, this guy don't know what he's talking about. Just been a what? In the fitness industry for almost 20 years? He obviously didn't learn something because... <laughs> right, I already hear it, but guess what? I don't care because you guys are being lied to and marketed... And you're not, you're getting the big picture, but you're not getting the big picture clearly to see the the false, the falseness in what's going on. So today we're going to talk about you don't need and you should not go to the gym to lose weight. That is correct. Do not go to the gym if you want to lose weight. I can't, I can't. I tell you, I get it all the time. People come to me, coach. Can you can can, can you get this belly fat, you know, down and then grabbing a chunk of their stomach? I can't. I can't seem to work it off. Coach, coach, my arms. You see the jiggle? I just, I, you know, I, I I do dips and I do this exercise and I just I just can't get it off. It's just the fat is so stubborn. I have stubborn fat. It won't come off of me no matter how much I work out. Yeah. I hear it all the time here's the truth guys going to the gym to lose weight is how you keep your wheel spinning 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 what am i talking about so yeah obviously right like we all know you can't go to the gym to outwork a bad diet right and that's true you can't right so if your nutrition isn't in, uh, on tack and in point on point then it doesn't matter really what you do in the gym because the amount of effort and energy you have to put in the gym to make up for the the, the consistent missteps—not the once in the blue, not the 15% of the missteps—I'm talking about the consistent missteps throughout our days and our weeks and our months and our lives. The gym can't out can't 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 do nothing about that, right? The gym cannot really do anything about that. But I'm not talking to really about the person today that struggles actually with. The weight loss, trying to lose weight by going to the gym. This is actually for the person that sees results. Yeah. This is for the person that actually goes to the gym for weight loss and they're successful at losing weight. They should not be going to the gym to lose weight. Let me tell you why. First, before I tell you why, let me first tell you why you should go to the gym. So we're going to start at the top. The first reason why you should go to the gym is to heal your body. If you have any imbalances. Tightness. Lack of range of motion. Discomfort in your joints. Or any of those types of things. That is the first prime focus. As to why you should be getting into the gym. To heal the body. That is, that's number one. Get into the gym to heal the body. What does that mean? Let's get some examples. You sit in a chair all day, right? And you sit in a car to and from work or a train or a bus or whatever it is. You're going to have some very deconditioned um, and inactive and possibly tight and weak muscles. Like your hamstrings, your glutes, and throughout your whole entire posterior chain. Going to the gym and trying to just jump in there to lose weight. For someone that's especially deconditioned and that's what their, their, their days are like, one, you're the chances that you're probably going to get injured. So whatever gains you've gotten, you're going to lose due to the fact that you're not going to be able to push any further because you didn't take care of the, your, the, your base, your root. You didn't take care of the, the, the most important part for you to build strength on. See, here's the thing. You can't really build strength on a dysfunctional joint. And any levels of strength that you do build, eventually you're going to hit a plateau where your ability to push through it is going to like hit a point of pain where now you just can't push through it no more. But had you took a couple steps back and healed the body first, then tried to apply strength and endurance and all the other stuff that you want to do, right, you'd actually get further. So in the short term, you may get a little bit further, but in the long term, you're not going to sustain your goal. I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I would say the number one, number one reason people do not continue training, it's not because they don't get results, right? The number one reason is because they got some type of an injury and they're consistently in pain. Now, I don't have that problem as much as I used to because I, I, I learned to specialize that because I saw that was a problem. So I patched that up and I learned how to do what's called corrective exercise and medical exercise. To be able to address these people in the imbalances. So that actually now is no longer a problem. But at one point in time in my career, and I know a lot of the trainers struggle with this, is that people, yeah, they, they um, the people are in pain. I've had people that won't lose any weight for months and even years, but as soon as the pain sets in, I can't do this no more. My back hurts too much. My knee hurts too much. Something hurts too much. I need to take a break and go to the doctor and check it out. Right? So one of the main focuses that people need to, to do. Is focus on making sure your body's prepared for the intensity that you want it to do. Can't go from deconditioned to uh, all of a sudden trying to do high intensity just because you want to hurt and lose off, you know, your, your overindulgences of, of dinner from the night before. Like, this doesn't work that way. So the number one thing that you should be going to the gym is to heal your body. Focus on your weakest links. That could be your heart. Your heart could be your weakest link. That means you're going to the gym to focus on your cardiovascular system. That means you are going to the gym so that your heart can be stronger. Not going in the gym to do cardio to see how much you can sweat. Because to you, if you sweat a lot, then that means you had a good workout and that that dictates you should lose weight. No. That's not what you should be doing when you're going to the gym. You shouldn't be focusing on how much you sweat. You shouldn't be focusing on how much calories you burn. You should be focusing on how can you make your heart stronger. That's what cardio is for, to make your heart stronger. You do cardiovascular to strengthen your heart, strengthen your lungs, right? That's what that is all about. Go to the gym to focus on that. What you will also need to focus on when you're going to the gym to build your cardiovascular capacity is grit, Focus on grit as that will improve your mental capacity to do one very special thing. And without this one very special thing, none of the results that you want will ever happen. And that one mental thing that you will be training when you apply grit in your workouts is the ability to stop, Stopping, yes, the ability to stop stopping, that's grit, the ability to stop stopping when whatever it is that you're doing, when you get tired, stop stopping every time you get tired, because here's the thing, there's no growth if there isn't pain, hitting the beginning in the threshold of pain and then stopping because it's painful doesn't actually allow you to grow. You need to be in that pain for a significant period of time for the body to break down for it to actually then have a reason to build up. If you don't tap into that pain long enough and break stuff down and truly challenge your body, if you're trying to challenge your heart for it to get stronger, then guess what? You need a significant period of your workout breathless. And I'm not talking about the breathless where, you know... You know, this is challenging. Why are you making me do this? This is so hard. That's not really breathless. If you can still talk, you ain't breathless. <laughs> I, I can't stand when people are like, Joe, you're going to kill me. This is so much. How do you have me doing so much? Oh my goodness. Just last week, I did it at 5.0. Now you got me at two, 5.2. What? Like, guess what? <laughs> if you can do all of that talking... You got a lot of oxygen left still in you. (laughs) You're fine. What you're not doing is applying grit. So you think you need to stop because it gets uncomfortable. When that's actually when you need to go harder. Stay in that discomfort longer. That's how you grow. So you should be going to the gym to get grit. You want to get your mind off of a bad day? Put yourself... Through a routine that forces you to condition your mind to stop stopping. You know why? Because for you to have the ability to stop stopping, that means you have to have serious positive reinforcements going through your brain. You have to be in your head, self-talk, don't stop. You can do this. You're better than last week. It's you versus you. You're the best. Get it. Get it. Like You have to have positive reinforcement in your brain all day. So if you had a day where somebody pissed you off or you are full of self-doubt and you're not feeling too great about yourself, have a workout that's going to force you to apply grit. And I guarantee you, when you walk out of that gym, you're going to feel like you're on cloud nine. You're going to feel invincible. Go to the gym to apply grit. You should also go to the gym to focus on your athletic abilities. Right, like your range of motion. Right, like you should have good range of motion throughout your body. Why is that important? Because if you don't have good range of motion and you move a, cer- a certain way, that's how you get injured. That's how you injure yourself. Lack of range of motion, ultimately, because when you're tight up, when you're tight, you're, 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 that leads to dysfunction within certain joints because one muscle is pulling the other muscle in another direction and they're not balanced. So you have to go to the gym to focus on your athleticism, balance, um, range, uh, flexibility and range of motion is of that. You also want to go to the gym to focus on your agility, your ability to react quickly with your body and different planes of motion, right? That, that's your ability to have agility, right? And then actual balance, like, you know, being able to balance on one foot, balancing on one hand, maintaining your center of gravity, right? Like, go to the gym to focus on these things. People avoid those things because it challenges them. It challenges them because they never focus on it. Like, go to the gym to do that. Right? And last but not least, go to the gym to build muscle. Okay? Go to the gym to focus on building muscle. Now, when I'm talking about building muscle... I'm not talking about your boot camp class and you're doing a bunch of push-ups and burpees. Yes, for a deconditioned body, the initial phase that person is going to build muscle, right? As they get built up. Now let me clarify that. That person is going to improve in their strength. But here's the thing: within like the first four to six weeks of you like starting to exercise, you're not really building muscle per se as much as your neurological system is becoming conditioned. See, what people have to understand is when you first start to work out, it's not really muscle so much that you're building as much as it's the neurological system is sending the signals from the brain to the muscle to respond faster, to respond stronger. You first have to create that mind-muscle connection before true strength. And when you try to override the system because you want to hurt and lose weight, guess what you do? Increase the chances that you're going to get injured. And when you put yourself in a position to increase the chances to get injured, you increase the chances that you're not going to be able to consistently keep working out. Eventually, you're going to have to stop because the pain is going to be too great because you, over, you tried to override the system and build strength on a dysfunctional, not prepared joint or not prepared muscle. and You can tear the muscle too greatly. Right, like, yeah, when you work out, you want to get microscopic tears when you work out, right? Ultimately, but you don't want to tear the muscle to where you can't like properly walk for a few weeks. (laughs) That's not good. Like, I know a lot of people. Oh man, that was a great workout. No, that's that's not a good workout. That's bad. That's a very bad workout actually, in terms of building muscle, in terms of being able to be an athlete and have full range of motion. That's bad. People got that confused. The The fitness industry has people confused. Bootcamp instructors and trainers want to pat themselves on their back because they can't make people walk. That's not actually a good thing. I don't want to go too far off topic, but when it comes down to breaking down muscle and creating a catabolic state, right—that's the breakdown of something. So to ultimately go in the gym to break something down. If you break it down too far, your body, its ability to create pro- protein synthesis, it is only going to disrepair that severely damaged muscle. It's not gonna build it to the next level and make it stronger and hypertrophy the muscle, it's just gonna get it back to that initial state that you destroyed it. <laughs> but people don't understand that. They think they should destroy their bodies. No, that's not the case. No, not at all. Alright. Go to the gym to build muscle. Now, why is all of this important, right? So let's now we're gonna to have to look at another concept, and that's total energy expenditure. So, total energy expenditure is broken into three categories. It's broken down into our um, exercise and non-exercise, which is basically your daily activities. It's broken down into something called the thermogenetic process of the body, and then it's broken down into your basal metabolic rate. So let's first look at the basal metabolic. I'm sorry, let's first look at the thermogenetic process. The thermogenetic process is about 10% of the total amount of energy energy that your body is going to burn throughout the day right, it's going to be 10 percent of that that 10 percent is basically your body's need to heat the body increase the temperature of the body to digest food that you consume that's it it's really that right it's as simple as that every time you eat your body has to increase its temperature which in other words it's going to have to burn calories to increase its temperature to digest food that you consumed simple as that to break the food down all that stuff that's it that's really all that means Okay, so then let's go to the next category: exercise and non-exercise activities. This is you walking around throughout the day, you know. This is you, um, you know, walking up in stairs and just, you know, your daily, your daily functioning throughout the day, you know. Um, and then your actual going to the gym exercise, right? That is going to consume 20, maybe depending on the person, 30% of the total calories that they burn in a day. If they don't work out seven days a week, then it's going to be closer to 20%. <laughs> if they Netflix and chill and don't work out a couple of days out of the week, like on the weekends, then it's going to be even less, right? That's ultimately what that means. Your, your, your energy expenditure for you to physically move around, right? 20 to 30% at best. The other about 60 70% is your basal metabolic rate. So what's your basal metabolic rate? Basically, that is the energy, in other words, calories that must be burned for you to live, for you to function, right? Your your brain is going to take up a percentage of that, maybe 20% of that. Your liver, your kidneys, right? All your vital organs require energy to function all day. This is... What the calories you burn while you sleep When people like oh I want to burn calories while I sleep This is it But there's only one form of Tissue That you can control and manipulate To elevate Your BMR There's only one And that one is skeletal muscle Skeletal muscle Is the only component of your BMR that you can Control so now we have to look at another concept <laughs> to tie all of this in. So ultimately, if you want to increase your BMR, that means the calories while you sleep, you have to build muscle. Unfortunately, the fitness industry has people thinking doing boot camps and group classes and spin classes and all that stuff builds muscle. What it does is it builds what's called muscular endurance. That's different than building muscular strength. And that's different than building muscular hypertrophy. In all honesty, they're almost on opposite sides of the spectrum. The cells can only do one or the other. Yeah, They're going to be primarily focused on building strength and muscle. Or they're going to be primarily focused on building muscular endurance and stamina. It's going to be doing one or the other. Hence why when you look at someone like say, a marathoner who's on the far end of muscular endurance. Their body types are much thinner. They're not very muscular at all, are they? They're just thin. Some of them are just straight skinny. Let's look on the opposite side of the spectrum. A sprinter, who's only going to sprint 100 yards. They don't need a lot of muscular endurance. They need that strength. They need that explosion. Their body types are way more muscular, because they're training for muscle. A lot of people (laughs) Follow the principles of more of a marathoner <laughs> than those of a sprinter, but when you they describe they want this nice muscular lean body, they actually want what the it's more of what a sprinter's body look like. Now of course those sprinters' bodies look different. I'm not saying you got to have the the biggest thickest solid legs, but if you even look at what would be considered a thin sprinter, they're still very muscular. Their their muscles are very defined. Like if you take a thin sprinter and, and a thin Marathoner, like their bodies still look night and day. One is still have a significant amount of pronounced muscle on them. Even if it's not like bodybuilder pronounced or like extreme, it's still more pronounced than a marathoner. Marathoners tend to still have a good amount of fat on them. Why? I'm going to get to that in a second. So ultimately, if you want to have more of a leaner body, you should be training like an athlete. Well, like an athlete that wants to build muscle. If you just want the scale to drop, you I can mean, do stuff like athletes that just do a lot of muscular endurance. But you, what you need to understand is the science behind it. The fitness industry has people consumed with the mindset that these cardio classes are actually building muscle. What they're initially doing is building muscular endurance and the neurological system. That's why you feel the initial strength improvement. That's why you feel initially them t- ten pound dumbbells you was holding they're not so heavy anymore after a few weeks. Yeah, and the neurological system got stronger and you've increased your muscular endurance so you can hold it longer. Yeah, it made an impact. But building muscle is something different, baby. It ain't the same. Building muscle means you are progressively increasing your intensities. You are progressively lifting heavier weight. Heavier resistance, greater resistance. It's very difficult to build muscle with this body weight. Especially if you're trying to lose your weight. Right? Like if you're doing a bunch of push-ups to be a part of your cardiovascular boot camp routine. As you lose weight, push-ups are going to get easier. Therefore, (laughs) you're not building as much muscle. (laughs) Because it's actually getting easier. The weight is getting lighter. For you to build muscle, the weight has to get heavier. Ultimately, to boost your metabolism, you have to keep building more and more muscle on your body. And in a lot of these group classes, you're holding a 10-pound dumbbell. Think about it like this. Say if you only weighed 100 pounds and you got a 10-pound dumbbell and you're squatting, 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 and you're trying to build muscle because you're like, oh, man, i building some muscle. I'm going to build my butt by squatting 100 times with these 10-pound dumbbells. You're only squatting 10% of your body weight, right? Like, you're really not squatting that much and 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 then when you look at someone like a sprinter they're probably more than likely squatting 100% of their body weight so in other words if they're 100 pounds they're probably squatting 100 pounds because that's what that body type requires to build that type of muscle that doesn't mean you're big and brolic or like a bodybuilder you're just strong and toned and muscular <laughs> like you can see the muscles pronounced that's it and most importantly, your BMR is elevated. And the beautiful thing about elevating your BMR is when you elevate your BMR, you actually can eat more foods that you love. You know why? Because it's going to be used as fuel to maintain the muscle that you've been building. That's the beauty behind it. When people are oh, you can eat anything and not, you know, uh, gain any weight. Yeah, it's because some people naturally have elevated BMRs for whatever reason. Science hasn't figured that part out yet. But what science does know is that if you put more muscle on you, that is a key indicator of how you can elevate your BMR. (laughs) So when we talk about the long term effect of making it, making health and fitness a lifestyle, trying to go to the gym to lose weight is going to help you accomplish a goal. But it's not going to let you sustain a goal. For one, it's only 20-30% of the calories you're burning in a day. And if you got a busy lifestyle like I do, with a family and a career and a social life, you ain't got time to be in the gym seven times a week. This is not realistic for you to burn that much calories. And even if you do, it's still only 30% of the total calories at best you're going to burn. You also can affect your immune system by exercising too much to try and lose weight. You should be focusing on making your body healthier and stronger from the inside out. When you focus on that approach, your strength levels are crazy. Your energy levels are crazy. And one of the reasons is because you can eat actually more food. (laughs) The person that's constantly cardio, 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 they got you like rabbits all the time. Because they're not elevating their metabolism. See, the other downside of all of this, the big downside of all of this, is when you focus on weight loss by going to the gym, you lose some fat, but you also lose water and you also lose muscle for your weight loss. When you go to the gym for all the other things I mentioned, you maintain your water, (laughs) right? You strengthen your heart. You improve your athleticism so that you can overall have a more athletic and defined body. The problem is the fitness industry sells immediate gratification too much. So nobody wants to stick it out in the long haul. Because what you really have to do for that to work is you got to be on track with your nutrition. Because to be real, if you keep eating the way you guys have been eating in terms of gaining weight... And then you saw lifting muscle, yeah, you're gonna gain more weight and you're gonna gain a lot more muscle. And then you're gonna, you're gonna be like, yo, I can't fit my clothes. I'm lifting all these weights, I'm getting stronger, all this muscle, I don't want all of this. Yeah, the problem isn't that you're getting you're getting your legs are getting bigger because you're or, or arms or whatever it is, because you're lifting, you know, heavier weights, you're doing more strength training. The problem is you ain't changed your nutrition for your body to lose fat. Because that is where fat loss primarily should be within your nutrition and to improve your health not you trying to sweat it out on somebody's treadmill hope you see the difference of someone that's just pursuing it as a goal compared to someone that's making it a lifestyle I'm not talking about the person that just want to drop 5 pounds real quick 10 pounds real quick get my summer body ready get good for my birthday coming up. It's a milestone. need to drop this right now. I'm not talking about that person. I'm I'm talking about the person that wants to be mentally conditioned to do this for an extended period of time. That's a different approach. Trust me. I know the protocol that makes someone drop weight fast. But I also know that same protocol it's going to make them gain weight fast as soon as that burst of motivation to do that is over. Because usually that requires something to the extreme. either like exercising to the extreme, the frequency, or the nutrition to the extreme. where they can enjoy life. And they're missing out on just being social, right? Because you got to think about it. Food is not just medicine for the body. It's also how we interact with each other, it's with each other socially. How we bond. It's also excuse me. It's also something that we use for emotional coping. Let's be real. Got a bad day? Go eat something that makes you feel good. You should do that. You should. But the other eighty-five percent of your nutrition should be for medicine. Let that other fifteen percent be for everything else. But everybody don't want to do that, so they try to shortcut and hack the system (laughs) by going to the gym for weight loss. My pastor said it best, when you pursue shortcuts, be prepared to get cut. (laughs) And that's just the facts. Shortcuts may get you to where you want to be, but you won't be fulfilled for long because it's unrealistic to sustain The elite path is for those that want their goals to be sustained. That means you ain't going to the gym to lose weight. You're going to the gym to heal your body. You're going to the gym to improve your athleticism. You're going to the gym to strengthen your cardiovascular system. So your body can continue circulating blood throughout your body. You're going to the gym to build muscle. That's why you should be going to the gym. Not for weight loss, my people. That's the end of this one today. The Elite Path. I'm going to call it a wrap. Coach Jay Hunt. Listen, got any questions? Please feel free to hit a brother up. See me at IG. At Elite. Fit Pros. NYC. NYC. Hit me on the email, jhunt.tobefit at gmail.com. That's just the letter J, not J-A-Y. J-H-U-N-T dot tobefit at gmail.com. Or just hit me at the podcast. However you want, get at me. You, you got some questions. You want to rip into me and be like, nah, that ain't true. I approve. I dropped 100 pounds. da 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 da, da, da. And I still dropped it off. Okay, great. I love to hear your, your, your story. And we can get into a great dialogue about it. Or someone that understands, yeah, yo, that happened to me. I was going to the gym hard. Then I hurt my leg. Couldn't go no more. Game gained man weight. (laughs) More than what I had before. Yeah. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Let me hear the stories, people. Once again, I love y'all. I'm just trying to provide amazing quality content that's factual, cut through the nonsense of the fitness industry. All right? Peace out. Love you guys. What, what, what is going on? It is Coach Jay Hunt here with another Elite Path Podcast where we are going to debunk some more of the myths, the misguided information, um, superior marketing of the fitness industry that has people stuck in the cycle and ultimately not ever achieving and sustaining their goals. We are going to crush more of those uh, beliefs that have been created. I've been sick and tired of dealing with it as a fitness professional for almost 20 years. It feels almost like you're going against this machine that is constantly putting out a message that is flawed, flawed in nature. Some of these some of these techniques and tactics may work in the short run, but Ultimately, what they all do is they make it unrealistic for a lifestyle. And even more importantly, they slow your metabolism down um, because they use endurance training and burning calories, which we all know also burns muscle for fuel to lose weight instead of focusing on maintaining your muscle and burning um, up the fat and doing that by proper nutrients and by elevating your BMR through proper strength training. But the fitness industry has mastered, mastered the ability to have everyone thinking short-term. Everyone thinking immediate gratification. Hurry up and get this weight off. It has become a new prized, you know, acknowledgement if you could drop 100 pounds in 12 months. (laughs) Like, that's like, You know, a huge thing, a big deal, 30 pounds in three months or whatever it is. Like, that's like a huge deal when people drop 10, 15 pounds in a month where what we're failing to realize is that, yes, it feels good to accomplish a goal. Right. It feels good to commit yourself, you know, and be disciplined, you know, and and being able to accomplish that goal. However, you don't want to be in a vicious cycle. Where you're going to accomplish that goal, but then since one, either it's not a lifestyle because it was just a crash effort you gave and you just went cold turkey on a lot of stuff, and or you've stunted your metabolism in a process because you've lost muscle in that journey. That is going to retroactively hit you later down the road. So today, what I really want to talk about is you have to develop the mindset of a marathoner to build the physique of a sprinter instead of having the short-term mindset of a sprinter to build the physique of a marathoner. Now, building the mindset of a marathoner First and foremost, ain't got nothing to do with in the gym. It has nothing to do with what is going on in the gym. For you to have a marathoner's mindset, the first thing, the first set of repetitions that you need to get drilled into your head is faith. You first have to have faith in your ability to commit for the long term. Have to have faith that when you fall off the wagon, it's not the end of the world. Even if you fall off the wagon several times, you have to have faith that you will get stronger. You have to have faith that you will see the improvements continuously over an extended period of time. You have to have faith before you need to worry about what technique and tactic you're going to apply. You have to have faith in yourself that you are going to be disciplined, that you are going to progressively um, build into whatever that goal is. Like It starts with faith. That is the beginners of the marathoner's mindset. It starts with faith, an unwithering faith. In yourself and your abilities to accomplish your goal. Once you have that faith, and you know, like, I could do this. I'm, I'm going to do this. Yes, I'm going to get knocked down, but I'm going to get right back up. Like, I believe in myself. I know I deserve it. You know, the your surroundings and your environment will benefit from your commitment in in, in improving your life, and leveling up your lifestyle, and, and you know, <laughs> you know it is necessary, and you ain't giving up for nothing, and you got that faith in play, then you can start moving on into the techniques and tactics of how you're going to do this, you know, but you first have to have it within you, like, you have to have that within you no matter what, like, you have to go into it with a no matter what mindset, I'm going to be successful, you have to go into it with that. You go into it with that, then the techniques and tactics that you're going to apply are, are are going to be more important. Because if you just try to apply the techniques and tactics, but you ain't got no faith, you're going to have that temporary boost of motivation. And some people's temporary boost of motivation can last a week a day. Some can last a few months, right? But it, it's going to relapse. We're <laughs> going to find yourself an extended period of time of not working out again, truly due to lack of motivation. So you got to start with that faith that you know you can do this for the long term. Once you apply that, right? Once you look now, let's start looking at into the marathoners' mindset, into um, their nutrition, right? Their mindset first starts with the faith that they can accomplish this, right? Um, and then if the next, if we look into the nutrition aspect of it, the next thing that's important is not relying solely on a meal plan. You cannot rely on a strict regimented meal plan. You're going to have to be resourceful and you have to educate yourself on what it is that you should be eating based on what um, um, health goal you need to accomplish coupled with fun and how you socialize, right? And, And how you... Um, you know, enjoy food as as this a coping mechanism. Like you need to be conscious and aware of all of that. All of that needs to be equated into your meal planning strategy. It just can't be the strict regimented thing that you're going to do and expect that you're gonna do this for like a long period of time. You're not, you're not gonna to want to do it for a long period of time because the other things of like right, outside of just treating food like medicine, when the other you know, needs for food kick in, like for comfort, for socializing, gathering amongst friends and family, and you just want to enjoy yourself, right? When those times kick in, you's trying to say strict and regimented, it's not gonna work. It's not not very, at least not very likely to work. Over time, you're gonna fall back. So, a marathoner's mindset views food. As medicine, 80 to 85% of the time, the other 15 to 20% food is coping. Food is an expression of love, connection, community, culture, right? Like it's good for food to be those things. Like you want food to be those things. It's so when we try to take the connection and the culture and the love and the coping out of our nutritional guidelines and make it strictly about medicine is what we fail. And then we lose that marathon' mindset. Marathon's mindset is about pacing. You know? It's about pacing. It's about being gradual. <clears throat> it's not about going cold turkey) <laughs> And completely taking out of taking these other things out of your lifestyle that are important. A marathoner's mindset treats exercise as medicine for the body as well. It treats exercise as medicine for the body. That means when you work out, you should be working out as if it is an act of self love. It is an act of self-love that you are treating your body as best as you can. And the best way, the best thing you can do for your body will always be to heal it. Make sure you have a healthy, optimized body. What does that mean? That means you're going to focus on your joints. You're going to focus on any type of imbalances you have from your feet all the way up to your neck. You're going to focus on making sure you have the greatest and healthiest and functional ranges of motion, mobility, stability amongst the joints. Right. Like you're going to make sure that when you do like if you are struggling on, on, to do daily functional things, to bend over and pick something up. And if it's a... Uh, uh, and then you're trying to jump in some boot camp class or some Zumba class or some group class, high-paced, all over the place, and you could barely bend over to pick up a pan off the floor. Yeah, that probably isn't an act of self-love for you. <laughs> you're probably putting a lot more stress on your joints, regardless if you're symptomatic or not. Okay, a lot of people think, ah, oh, just because it doesn't hurt all the time. But to mean it's okay. If it hurts sometimes, that's just letting you know. Other times you're, you're, the pain tolerance is just a little higher. You're not that's not helping your body heal, though. It's not helping your body heal. That is breaking down parts of the body that should not be breaking down. Your joints should not be breaking down. You shouldn't, soreness, stiffness in your joints is not a sign of a good workout. A lot of people don't get that. It's strange to me, right? Because I'll have people that will try to work out through knee pain, but they don't want to push through the muscular burn in their thighs or in their arms or something else. The muscular burn is what you're supposed to push through and the knee pain. Is what you're supposed to take the break on. But people got it so backwards and confused. <laughs> like that's what grit comes in. Grit comes in for you to push through that muscular pain. And that burn that you feel in the thighs. Or you know in your arms or whatever it is. Like like that's when you apply grit. And you become mentally tougher. So you could be physically stronger. Not <laughs> being mentally tough. For sharp shooting pains (laughs) from your knees or from your back or from your shoulders or whatever, you know, like that's not the marathoner's mindset because the number one principle in the marathoner's mindset is to heal the body. I don't care if it's three months or six months in and you've had great progress and then all of a sudden your shoulders starting to feel a little funny. Guess what you're going to (laughs) do? You're not just going to be like, ah, nah, it's good, okay. Let me go on the treadmill, warm up, and my shoulder will be fine. No, you're going to go back to the beginning of like when you first started with your rotational shoulder joint stability exercises. Get that little bit of discomfort out of it. Don't, don't ignore it. I'm not saying you can't build up and get back to doing those weights that you were doing, the heavier weights, the stronger repetitions. But you may need to warm the muscle up a little bit more first within that same workout instead of just jumping right into it. Believe you me, it's a great feeling when you've conditioned yourself consistently enough where you just go right in. And the joints feel no pain. Days later, they feel no pain. Weeks go by. You've been on their foot and they feel no pain. Months go by. And they feel no pain. They feel great. That probably means you, you use the good period of building everything up first right you, used to, <clears throat> you you appropriately created a strong foundation of balance within the joint so that it's and and the routine that you're implementing is keeping that balance but there're going to be times where that balance may come off our ego is going to want to say forget that I going to get my reps in <laughs> right but you have to remember that's taking you away from healing your body if that now that joint pain comes. Because then what ultimately can happen, and happens a lot, you may still be able to go another six months, another nine months, maybe even a year. But eventually, that pain of that discomfort, we're talking about the shoulder, it could be anywhere in the body. Eventually, that pain and discomfort is going to be so excruciating and so unbearable that you're not going to be able to push through it. You're just not going to want to work out. You're just going to avoid it altogether. And all that hard work and effort, all that mental grit you built, all of that you built up, now you're really going to lose it. A marathoner's mindset is going to make sure the body is healed first. And then create that mind-muscle connection through lower reps, higher repetitions. And stimulate that neurological system, sending the signals to the muscle. Creating that greater awareness that you can almost start being able to manually feel and control different muscles throughout your body. That's when you know you really have like a great mind muscle connection. When you can point to certain muscles in your body and you can individually just move that one muscle. Right? Like unilaterally. You know, like, not like both. Like, you know, like you could move like one, you could depress one scapula and not the other. You know, like you have the ability to control particular muscles. You you can flex particular muscles throughout your body, right? But you want to be able to do that through, throughout like everywhere. Some of us are really good at some maybe lower body and we have great mind-muscle connection but not upper body and vice versa, right? So And then all mixed up throughout, right? Because we have limbs and all this other stuff, right? So ultimately, you want to be able to feel it all, right? You want to have that great mind-muscle connection because the stronger mind-muscle connection you have, the better you'll be at um the better you will be at one avoiding injuries two building strength right they like can be better at doing that a marathon is mindset then starts to build strength on top of the mind muscle connection and as you build strength you build more muscle which then ultimately elevates your BMR and as you continuously keep building your BMR you are Then able to start consuming more calories because your body is going to need this additional calories to help maintain the muscle you build. And this happens through what's called strength training. A little bit of circuit training. Circuit training is still called endurance training. Where strength training and endurance training are really on opposite spectrums. They're not on the same spectrum. They're on opposite spectrums of the whole landscape of you know, fitness. Look at a marathoner's body. Right? I'm getting a little bit ahead, but just look at a marathoner's body. He that is a, that that is almost the truest definition of an endurance athlete, right? Marathoner's body. Look at a sprinter's body, right? Someone that runs short distances, 100 meters, 200 meters, right? Completely different body types. Both of running, right? But one is doing what's called endurance training. One is doing what's called strength training. I mean, strength training, you may even put a bodybuilder, uh, a marathon, uh, a sprinter in a category of they maybe even doing some power type exercises, right? But power training, strength training, you know, are kind of on the same scale, whereas, you know, endurance training, muscle endurance training, they're on the other side of the spectrum. But the fitness industry has a lot of people thinking that their endurance, their muscular endurance training is consistently and continually building up more and more muscle. Where traditionally, in in and of itself, that's not what it's designed to do. Can some form of muscle be built? Yeah, sure, some. But it's going to plateau, though. (laughs) That's not going to keep going. That's going to plateau. Like, that doesn't stay that way. Once you get conditioned, right, That that that's going to... You're not going to really build that much more muscle. Unless you're building strength while you're building endurance. For an example, you can do uh, bench press, let's say, for 45 pounds. You start at 45 pounds and... You build yourself up, and now you're doing 45 pounds for 15 reps. And then you can do 55 pounds, but you're still doing it for 15 reps. And then, you know, uh, you, you're, that, you're challenged with that and you keep pushing yourself. Next thing you know, you're doing 135 pounds, but you're still doing 15 reps. Okay, now you're building some mus- muscular, and, and you're building some endurance, and you're building some strength, and you're building some muscle. But eventually, you're going to hit that point where you can't do 15 reps of whatever that weight is. And when you get more into that scale, where that rep went from 15 to now 10 or 8 or 6, now you're going to be strictly building endurance. There's going to be somewhere in there where you, maybe that, one, that, that weight that you're doing at 135, maybe you can do it 20 times. You can be push to do it 25 times. The more you go into that scale, you're going to be building more muscular endurance. Not so much more of strength. This is why a lot of boot camp classes and group exercise classes, regardless of what they want to market and brand, they're all muscular endurance or just straight endurance, depending on the instructor and how they're training and how they're teaching it. Ultimately, it's still in an endurance training class. <laughs> There's really no way you can look at it. That's what it is. It's an endurance training class. Point blank. Period. I don't care what they market and what they say. I'm talking about science. I'm talking about breaking down the actual science on a cellular level what the body is actually doing. It's showing the 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 conversions on a cellular level of what endurance training does. Okay. That's just that's just it. <laughs> The mindset of a marathoner is not using endurance training to sculpt and change their body. You use endurance training to train your heart. You can use endurance training to train your grit. This is what I love about endurance training. If you're feeling down and like depressed, I mean, strength training works great for that too. But if you're not conditioned to really lift like a good amount of weight, then it may not work as well. However, if you're a little more conditioned for endurance training, the reason why I love endurance training, because every time you start to feel like that fatigue set, set in, you have to tell yourself, no, don't stop. And the more you have that reinforcement of conditioning yourself to stop stopping, it's like it mentally elevates you. And put you in a, a much better state of mind and a much better mood. So, I personally, you know, address the mindset of not stopping, so that I can get me out of a a mental and emotional rut. Like it's one of the best things to do. And once again, when you have the mindset of a marathoner, you know if you know you having uh, a, a, a a bad period of time when things just ain't going your way and y- your mindset is just flawed and toxic, you know, take that time to just challenge yourself and hit some form of a endurance training kind of a, a, a routine. Personally, for myself, jogging and doing interval sprints does the trick because it is a non-stop effort of <laughs> you can't quit, <laughs> don't stop, don't give up. You have to have positive thoughts going through your mind the entire time. I love endurance training for that. Love endurance training for that. I do not love endurance training for weight loss, though. I don't do it for weight loss. Sorry. I want to see some fat come off my body. I'm changing my diet. That's what I'm going to do. I'm changing my diet. I'm putting the reps in on my nutrition. When you consistently follow... The mindset of a marathoner, you put yourself in a position to build the physique of a sprinter, someone that has low body fat percentage, increased muscle mass, stronger immune system. I'm going to get into that. And overall, greater athleticism. Right. That's your balance, your stability, you know, your ability to react quickly, you know, like. Greater athleticism, right? The, you, you just function day to day better, right? So here's the thing: we're having a stronger immune system when, when, when we're gonna, we're gonna get to it, right? But when you follow more of a marathoner's, uh, oh, I'm sorry, when you follow more of a sprinter's mindset, a short-term mindset. Hurry up and accomplish this goal. How fast can I see results? You're always checking the scale, trying to see if you lost a pound or two. <laughs> you, you, you focus on how many calories you burn per workout. You know, you think breaking sweat is a good workout, you know, because you're ultimately working out and doing endurance training for weight loss. When you have that sprinter's mindset, you end up with a marathoner's physique. Marathoner's physique may lose weight, but their body fat percentage doesn't change as much because they lost muscle and water in the process of them just trying to burn calories to lose weight. They didn't sustain their muscle. They got rid of their muscle. This is why you'll see a good amount of marathoners, people that... You know, they would say, oh, yeah, I ran a marathon. You look at them, like, man, they don't really look like they run a marathon. But okay, I mean, you know, you can be conditioned. Because, hey, at the end of the day, just because you have a little fat on you or a lot of fat on you, that doesn't mean you're not conditioned. (laughs) You can definitely be conditioned and still be overweight. Do not think just because you're overweight means you can't have endurance. You can definitely still have endurance and be overweight. You can have a strong heart. And still carry that excess weight around you and still have endurance. I'm not saying it's easy, but you can still have it. A lot of marathoners, you'll see, they're still soft. They're very soft. Right? They're very soft. Their bodies is very soft. They don't, really, you know, they don't have this such, as much muscle tone. Because they're using that muscle for fuel to do all this running. <laughs> you know? Um, so they're not very lean. They're just thin. In a lot of cases, there was called a skinny fat. Now, I'm not trying to attack necessarily a marathoner. I'm speaking of people that use endurance training for weight loss, right? Like, if you want to run a marathon for a personal goal, it's a sport that you just love, then go for it. This is not a specific knock on marathoners. It's more so that marathoners are in the extreme definition of what you would consider an endurance training individual, person that trains for endurance, right? Like, they're in that extreme. So, I'm using them as the example to try and help make a connection that, yeah, that endurance style of training puts you more in the trajectory of having the physique of a marathoner. Here's another thing a lot of people are not aware of. When you train for endurance, you know, you lower your immune system. How do you do that? Let me tell you. So, The more you become conditioned at those longer endurance training sessions, your body produces a hormone called cortisol, which is a stress hormone. That stress hormone suppresses the immune system and allows you to be more susceptible to illnesses and viruses and stuff like that, right? Like it allows you to be more susceptible to it because you're creating this hormone that suppresses your immune system there's another thing. That that hormone, that cortisol hormone, um, that's a stress hormone, it's also really responsible for you accumulating belly fat. Right? Like that hormone, like it also helps the body <laughs> accumulate and store belly fat. And that's one of the worst places because that's called visceral fat. It's the fat around your organs. Cortisol the hormone when it's released, that stress hormone is released. That's where we... It, it will it will send signals to the body that that's where it should store some fat. Not cool. <laughs> Trying to train with that sprinter's mindset has so much more of a negative effect on you in the long run than you just getting those wins in the beginning and you seeing the 5 and the 10 pounds drop in a month and all that stuff. And that, that's fantastic. That's so great to feel that. However... It's almost like somebody that cheats their way through school. And then when it comes now that, okay, school's done. Now you're an adult. You got to apply what you know <laughs> to make a life for yourself. They're struggling because they spent the, the, those, that initial time cheating, not really learning. What it is that they needed to do. But more importantly, who they need to become to make whatever it is that you're trying to achieve a lifestyle. See, those quick fixes and those shortcut ways of accomplishing things is great because it does yield a result. But what it doesn't yield is a changing of your mindset. It's a quick fix. You only had to commit to it for a period of time or allocate only a certain amount of your resources for a shorter period of time or at least minimally uh, painful experience, right? Like it doesn't help build the mindset, which the mindset is where you can change it into a lifestyle. That's why so many people are stuck in that cycle. I'm stuck in that cycle of getting the results but then they can't sustain it due to the fact that they tried to hack the system there's no hacks you want health and fitness to be a lifestyle there are no hacks it's a really simple it's a really simple straightforward thing but the fitness industry is so well at marketing messages to you that confuse the majority of consumers and since a quote unquote a result is seen they're like oh yeah no nah, no nah, that's what I need to do to lose weight that's, I gotta do that yeah it's not about weight loss it's a part of what it's about but it's about a much bigger issue gotta remember this one thing Before I wrap up, the weight you have gained, or the weight you can lose, is usually a much bigger issue than the way you work out. It's usually a much bigger issue than just the nutrition you put in your body. It truly comes down to the conscious, and even the subconscious, principles, habits, and routines, your emotional coping, of how you handle your daily situations and circumstances. Usually the key to your achieving the goals that you wanna achieve, especially in the health and fitness realm, Ain't got nothing to do with the type of training you're doing. The technique, the tactic is 10% of what it really is. The other 90% is you figuring out what's holding you back and getting crystal clear on who it is that you need to become. What are the daily habits? What are the daily rituals you need to adopt? To accomplish the goal that you ultimately want to achieve. My name is Coach J. Hunt. This is another Elite Path podcast where I'm just breaking down facts. I'm just trying to give y'all the facts, the realness on what the fitness industry is doing to your health and your your goals, your fitness goals. Gotta break the cycle, people. Gotta break the cycle. We all should and could be much healthier and fitter than what we are. But there's a path that you have to follow. Yes, you do want your fitness goals and everything like that to be fun. However, you might need to redefine what is fun and or redefine what your goal is. Sometimes the fun goal (laughs) isn't always going to be the same aesthetic goal. (laughs) For an example, I love playing basketball. Love playing basketball. And if I went and played basketball five times a week and called that a workout, but I got Dwayne Johnson on my wall, like, oh, that's my inspiration. I want a body like that. Playing basketball ain't gonna give me that body. <laughs> it's just not. It's fun. Yeah, it's fitness is working out. But it ain't gonna give me the body that I want if that's the body that I want. The fitness industry is not too straight up with that. <laughs> Not too straight up with that. Thinking <laughs> that you can get a certain type of body by doing certain activities. It doesn't work that way. But we're going to save that one for another one, guys. I think that's a, that's, a, that's a great another topic. When you train a certain way, that like of a certain type of an athlete and the way they do things, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have that body of what that athlete is doing. Not, <laughs> you know... Possibly, depending on who you are, depending on your vision and your goal, not that more leaner defined body that you aspire to have. All right, guys. Any questions, comments? Hit me up. Hit me up on IG Elite Fit Pros NY. Hit me up on Facebook Elite Fitness Professionals. Let's chop it up a minute. Let's see. Let's you know. Let me know what you think. Let me know how you feel about this. I know it's a very controversial way of coming at it. A lot of people aren't going to like it. But it's the truth. And if you stuck it out all the way to the end, then you probably know. You feel the truth. because You've been through the cycle and you're sick and tired of it. You're sick and tired of it? Hit me up. I got something special for you. It's called the Elite Path. Where we take you through all the BS and we help you make this a lifestyle. That's it for me, guys. Coach J. Hunt signing out. Peace. Love you.